I open my meditation today with this declaration. The mocking of Jesus Christ and his gospel of salvation in our world today represents the intensified state in the spiritual warfare. The deliberate incitement to devalue the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is the means of Satan. I say it is the means of Satan. It is the tactic of Satan to once again deceive the human race and to advance his desire for domination over the human race. Nothing that Satan will ever do and nothing that the enemies of Christ may ever say can undo the utter defeat of Satan at the cross. The utter defeat of demons and evil spirits. The utter defeat of secret societies that is causing this unbelief in our societies. The utter defeat of every government past and present even the future. At the name of Jesus we remind the devil of his defeat, of his demise. When we mention the name of Jesus it's like a trumpet blast reminding the forces of darkness judgment is coming and this time around judgment will be complete and final once again I want to say it again we see a global incitement of disrespect of mocking the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ it represents that the battle has gone into overdrive the deliberate incitement to devalue the Son of God Jesus Christ is the means of Satan to continue to deceive the human race that he is victorious over truth remember darkness has no power over light Satan has no power over Jesus so Jesus Christ took on humanity and as a man the forces of darkness was entirely unilaterally deliberately defeated and destroyed on the cross of Jesus that's why my meditation for your understanding today Messiah is Jesus and Jesus is Messiah this is a special meditation on the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 for the word of God is, remember the gospel of Jesus has not lost its power. 
the gospel is the lion of Judah. The gospel has the power to destroy. The gospel has the power to defeat. The gospel has the power to annihilate. Yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his wonderful name. My motivation for preaching and teaching is it has the foundation in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is, one, the gospel of Jesus is alive and powerful. The gospel of Jesus is like a double-edged sword. It has the power to penetrate, even to divide the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart and that of mine. God has foreknowledge. God knows that Satan is panic-stricken. Satan knows then he will know today and he will ultimately know that he was defeated by the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Second Timothy 3.16 states the following, all scripture is, not just the Old Testament, but the New, not just the New Testament, but the Old. So it's one comprehensive, the mind of Christ wished to tell you that Satan was defeated then. Satan is defeated today, and Satan will ultimately be defeated. At the cross, he was brought under the feet of Jesus. Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is. One, it is divine approval. It has the breath of God. It means God sealed it eternally. It is used, one, it is used for teaching. B, it is useful for rebuking. C, it is useful for correcting. And D, it is useful for training in righteousness. I'm Kevin Williams from Death Postponed Ministries with my talk, Ancient Principles from the Bible for today's people and for today's problems. Jesus Christ is able and capable to deal with problems yesterday, with problems today, and with problems in the future. Jesus Christ is able and capable to deal with the person yesterday, with the people today, and with the people in the future. Jesus Christ, for me, is our eternal Messiah. Remember the designation, Christ means Messiah. Therefore, we say in the person of Christ are two natures, divinity and humanity in one person called Jesus. Listen to this. At the name of Jesus, demons tremble. It represents they were defeated then. They are defeated today and ultimately they will be defeated in the future. At the name of Jesus, the wind and the waves became totally still 
because the master has spoken to what's the wind and the waves. Remember what the disciple says, what for a man is this, that even the wind and the waves obey, they obey because uh, he's the creator God, they obey because uh, they are in the presence of the sovereign king of kings uh, and the lord of lords, at the name of Jesus. The dead came from the place of, the dead comes to life, at the name of Jesus. My blood cancer status was completely cured. My death was postponed, and my life was extended. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I want to say again, Jesus is called the God-man, insomuch that as God, Jesus is equal with God, and with man at the same time. He can represent God to man, and he can represent man to God. It means he is the mediator. He is the God-man. It means that in his humanity and with the power of God in the man, Satan was destroyed. Satan was defeated. Satan was ultimately paralyzed. And today, he's under Operation Footstool. Jesus is seated and Satan is under his feet. Point four. Jesus as God could walk on water. John 6, 19. Jesus as God could calm the wind and the waves. Mark chapter 4, 39. Jesus as God could raise Lazarus that was dead for four days and brought the man back to life. John 11 verse 44. Point five. Jesus as man. Listen to this. Jesus as God walks on water. Jesus as God calms the wind and the storm. Jesus as God could raise Lazarus from the dead. But remember he's the God man means Jesus as man in Gospel of Mark chapter 438 sleep in the boat, reveals his humanity, he was asleep, Jesus as man was thirsty, John chapter 4, 7, Jesus as man cried and was bereaved at the death of Lazarus, John chapter 11, 35, so we see a, a comparison that in one person, God is operational without him losing his status of a man. As God, he walks on water. As God, he calms the sea and the wind. As God, who could raise the dead to life. But Jesus was fully man. When he was tired, he desired to sleep. When he was thirsty, he would want to drink water. And at, at the funeral of his friend, the Bible says, and Jesus well. Point six. Jesus Christ, I want to state it very clear in the midst of the mocking of our Messiah, Jesus Christ is unequal in heaven. It means the angels of God bow voluntarily before Christ. 
even demons, evil spirits, they are demanded obedience and they fall flatter at the mention of the name. Jesus Christ is unequal in heaven. Jesus Christ is unequal upon the face of the earth. Governments, empires, business, whatever profession, secret societies are under the feet of Jesus. Jesus Christ today is no longer a lamb. He became a lamb to die, but is no longer dead, so he is the lion of Judah. He breaks every chain, every government, every high name are under the feet of Jesus. Jesus Christ is unequal in life and death in so much that nobody took his life. Jesus says, nobody kills me. I lay down my life for my friend. And I have the power to pick it up again. Therefore, after three days and three nights of being as human, dead, the power of God brought the lion back to break the forces of darkness, to destroy demons and evil spirits, and to bring governments, presidents, whoever you are, you are brought under the feet of Jesus. That's why at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is God. So there's the equality in heaven for Jesus. There's no equality for Jesus upon the face of the earth. There's no equality on even under the earth, every category, heaven and earth, and under the earth are under the sovereignty, the majesty, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords, the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Death could not contain him. The grave could not stop him. He arose a victor from the dark domain. And his majesty, sovereignty, per excellence. As per 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 35. Listen to this. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your thing? Why? Because Satan, demons, evil spirits, governments, empires, met the master in the person of Jesus. Jesus Christ is God, and God became temporal so that he may forgive our sins by dying in your place and in mine, but equally so he came to be the reigning governor of the entire universe. Romans 6 verse 10, the Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead. What was the result? Listen, the result of Jesus Christ was deliberate. The results of Jesus being brought from the point of death was deliberate and intentional. It is to remember, Satan was defeated before human civilization. 
Satan was defeated at the cross. And at the, and at the battle of Armageddon, Jesus Christ himself will unilaterally and independently make battle, make warfare with Satan and his cause, with governments and all the millions of army members in the twinkling of an eye by the spoken word of the sovereign of sovereign of the majesty of majesties they will be annihilated once for all at the feet of Jesus they will bow down the results Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and the grave Jesus as in Ephesians 121 is sovereign over the entire universe he's not just sovereign in heaven he's sovereign also upon the face of the earth he's sovereign even under the earth listen to this Jesus Christ reigns over seven categories in life now the number seven reveals Jesus is God the number seven reveals that Jesus reigns universally the number seven means Jesus is in complete control. Point one. Jesus is far above all rule. Jesus is far above all authority. Jesus is far above all power. Jesus is far above all dominion. Jesus is far above every name mentioned upon the face of the earth. Jesus is far above this present world. Jesus is far above the world to come. Isn't this majestic? That Jesus Christ is far above governments. He's far above empires. He's, what, it, what it entails, what it tells me, he is beyond the president of a nation. Because these presidents they have an element within their high horses they have death within their being they must die and when they die they are brought to nothing but when they open their eyes they will see the white throne of god and jesus will be sovereign sitting as king of kings and the lord of lords so they are under the rule of Jesus. They are under the authority of Jesus. They are under the power of Jesus. They are under the dominion of Jesus. There are so great men in our societies that demand respect because of their money, because of their status. But listen to this. Ephesians states that Jesus, the name of Jesus, is far above far beyond it is it is universally recognized as the king of kings and the lord of lords so these important people are under the feet of jesus the world the ancient world is under the feet of jesus the current world is under the feet of jesus the future world is under the feet of Jesus. Let's look at some examples of Jesus' far above every name. 
It is majestic that the Word of God doesn't keep us ignorant. It gives us examples of His divinity and sovereignty for all to see that you may come voluntary and bow before the name of Jesus. The book of James, chapter 2, 19. Listen to this. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. When Jesus speaks, they are in full compliance to the creator of the universe. The book of James 2.19, demons tremble just at the mere mentioning of the name. So you mention the name of Jesus, and I imagine an unseen earthquake happens in the place of of demons. The book of Mark, chapter 1, 25, Jesus rebuked and cast out evil spirits. When Jesus speaks, evil spirits cannot stay, but they must go. It represents that they know that he is the commander-in-chief of the armies of God. The book of Acts, chapter 19, verse 13, Paul the Apostle cast out evil spirit when he said, listen to what he said when he cast out this evil spirit from a woman. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out. You see what happens? It may not come out at my name. It may not come out at your name. But everything comes to ultimate submission when I say the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Paul commanded the evil spirit and it was in full compliance to the name. The book of Acts chapter 3 verse 6. The apostle Peter healed a layman when he said, listen to the words of Peter. Everything happens when we use the code that activates supremacy, the person of Jesus. Listen to the words of, of Peter. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. It is at the name of Jesus. No other name. There is compliance when I mention the name of Jesus. The death are brought to life. The wind and the waves come to total compliance of cessation. Evil spirits are cast out. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. I want to explain what does far above all rule and authority means? As per Ephesians 1, 19 to 21. One, according to the Christian daily devotion, far above all rule and authority means the following. Point A. Many think that when we say Jesus is far above all rule and authority, that it only means that demons comply 
when they hear the principality. However, even the angels in heaven are under the feet of Jesus. Because they are also called principalities. Point B. The word principality actually means the first in authority. Jesus is the first and the foremost in authority. It also means the decree of authority. Jesus rules by decree. Point C. The Amplified Bible translation picks the word rule for principality. One, the word rule means two things. A, first is the authority that governs. It means the word authority means govern. So Jesus Christ is the governor of the entire universe. B, secondly, it means the decree by which they govern. I say again, Jesus Christ governs and rules and reigns by decree. Point C. In other words, it doesn't matter what rule has been made. Jesus is far above rule. Point D. This refers to both the rulership and its rules. Jesus Christ lives above governments and his rules because he reigns and rules by divine decree. Point two. Jesus Christ has been set far above, not just above or near above, but far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, and every title that can be conferred to any man, not only in this world, but also in the age of the world to come. This is awesome. This is majestic. Indeed, Jesus Christ reigns. I say Jesus Christ reigns majestically and sovereignly. Point three. The Lord Jesus is the most powerful name there is. I say again. Jesus Christ is a name given by God far above. It means it is beyond the total and the entire universe. It's a name above. Why is it above? Point A. Everything is under his authority in heaven. Everything is under his authority upon the face of the earth. And everything is under his authority even under this, so there are three categories that submit to the supremacy, that submit to the authority and the rule by divine decree, heaven, earth, and under the earth. Point B. Now the status of Jesus is unchangeable. It is immutable. Jesus is reigning king since the beginning of time, even before time. Point C, Christ's rule is everlasting. Point D, Ephesians 2 verse 6 states that God has quickened us together and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. In yourself you may be powerless, 
but when you are seated in Christ, that you are powerful because you are related and you are in association with the one who governs by divine decree the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now I want to ask the question, point four, what is the implication for the believer in Christ today and under our current world climate? Point A, every believer in Jesus Christ is a member of heaven's government. We are seated in heavenly places. Point B, our kingdom is not of this world. You may not be part of the parliament in South Africa or in any other government, but you are definitely seated at heaven's government. Point C. We play by a different set of rules. Our government is not earth-like, but heavenly. Point D. It doesn't matter where we go in this world. We were placed above every rule and every government. Therefore, let us not submit to the dictates of this world, to the dictates of Satan and evil societies. We will not allow Jesus Christ. You can mock him, but you cannot make him meek. He remains the Lion of Judah. Point E. We are ordinary people serving no ordinary God of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Point B. I want to look at Jesus has power over death. Luke chapter 7 verse 4. Jesus demonstrated power over death. Point 1. Jesus entered the city of Nain. Point 2. Nain in Hebrew means green pastures or lovely places. Point three, Nain was situated on the northwestern slope of a place called Jabal ad Duhi, meaning the hill of Moriah, about four miles from Tabor and 25 miles southwest of Capernaum. Point four, the raising of the widow's son is the first miracle Jesus demonstrated his sovereignty, his majesty over death. Point five. Jesus met the widow and community on the way to the graveyard to bury her own son and her only breadwinner. Point six. Jesus has foreknowledge. When he saw the mother weeping, he knew why. Jesus has foreknowledge about the widow's financial status and at this point lost her only breadwinner, her son, because he died. Point seven. Jesus overwhelmed with compassion by the tears of the widow stepped in front of the procession. He stepped in to stop the procession. Point eight. Jesus saw the tears of the mother and sat in his conversation with the weeping widow. Weep no more, or weep not. Why does Jesus say to the woman, weep not? 
because Jesus is going to do something that was never done ever not even by religious people. Religion cannot, religion is powerless. Religion brings people in bondage. It is only Jesus that can set the captives free. Point nine. Now listen to this. The ball game changes when Jesus speaks. By his spoken word, Jesus said to the dead body. Now this person, according to Jewish tradition, I believe he's about dead for days. Now everything has disintegrated. There was nothing left. Young man, I say unto you, arise or come out of your coffin. Listen to the majesty of the spoken words of Jesus. Listen to this. He says to the dead man, when I speak, the dead person remains dead. But not when Jesus speaks. By his spoken word, Jesus said to the dead body, Young man, I say unto you, Arise and come out of the coffin. Isn't this majestic? That Jesus demonstrated that even the person that are dead cannot escape the authority, the power, and the majesty when Jesus speaks. Point 10. And he that was dead set up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. The purpose why Jesus brought the dead to life is that he may continue to provide for the needs of his widow mother. God cares. God has compassion. You call upon the name of Jesus and God will come and give you peace amidst a storm. Point never. what is the principle? Now this is majestic. I want you to, maybe you can forget what I said before, but listen to the principle. The same power that created heaven and earth, also called the universe, called the dead person to come alive. So it means that this Jesus is no ordinary man, because in the man was the same power that caused from nothing heaven and earth to exist. And the same power that course from nothing, heaven and earth, and the planets and the galaxies, the, the sun and the moon, and the stars and the clouds, the seen and the unseen, the same power stopped the procession and says, woman, don't weep. And what happens? Jesus used the same means to course life. To come into a dead body. Point 12. Not only did Jesus restore the dead son to his mother. But God sought compassion to secure the well-being of the entire family of the widow. Point 13. God was in Jesus Christ to redeem humanity back into fellowship with God. I want to close my meditation today that when we apply the name of Christ to every situation, things will not remain the same. There will be an immediate alteration. There will be a transformation because the power of Jesus Christ is powerful even today.
1 in Exodus 14:21 the hand of God opens the Red Sea Christ does the impossible and allow the Exodus generation to walk through the sea on dry ground point two above Benson states calls for Matthew 19 verse 26 listen to the words of Jesus as Jesus was looking to the people and he said with man it is impossible not with God for with God all things are possible Jesus is no mere man Jesus is the God man so when God took on humanity God was hidden in the person and demonstrated authority over death power to feed power to provide power to saturate and to set the captives free point three in Exodus 16 God provided bread God provided water and God provided meat in the desert for 40 years point four in the book of Acts Peter the Apostle raised Tabitha to life in the name of Jesus point five in Acts 20 7 to 12 the Apostle Paul calls Eucatus Althea fell from a three-story building dead the Apostle Paul spoke in the name of Jesus and the dead man came alive in 2019 when I was down with blood cancer hopeless in my state totally disease I had the cancer of the blood I believe it is the deadliest and most deadliest type of cancer but in the midst of my deadly disease I call upon a name above every other name and at the mention of the name I receive a peace beyond this world I can agree with David in Psalm 23 verse 4 even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil why not because Jesus Christ is not dead but alive even when they mocked Jesus I bear the scars of his resurrection because he killed me from the deadliest cancer alive he paid my medical cost 1.7 million rand I'm fully cured from blood cancer I started a ministry called death postponed ministries it reminds me daily that I'm alive not not by might not by power but by the Spirit of Christ today I call on you again with my meditation Messiah is Jesus and Jesus is Messiah the peace of the Lord be towards you in our difficult times I say desperate times calls not for desperate measures but for the designated officer of the entire universe the universal governor the person who governs by decree Jesus Christ the Son of God who is God himself God bless Amen